Um, it's only a tiny little sliver of what I focus on, but it, there's all, it's all in there. I, I gave you literally the step-by-step -step instructions on how to generate free PR. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today, we are going to discuss about business success. It's very important to learn how to do it right, because if you have your business, you need to find a good way where to go, because I see when businesses fail, when we have stagnation, many other attitudes, it's very important to learn and to set up the right process. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more with Cameron Herald. How are you? Good, Anatoly. Thank you for having me. Oh, big pleasure. Wanna learn more? I had almost all sides of coin handling a few businesses. <laughs> I, I know how it can be tough. I know about success. I, I know about failures. And I wanna confess, most times I can fail and it's okay. I failed with many businesses. Uh, for example, I remember when uh, a few years ago I started on business because we found market gap and decided to fill this gap. We hired a big team of developers, uh, marketers, and after three years, when I got it, I hated Monday, last Friday, I decided to quit. And for me, it's not a bad idea to give up if you hate it, if you don't like the process, if you don't enjoy. And today I don't chase money. I chase only happiness. You know, I, I, I want to enjoy the process. Then I can go ahead. Then you can work on Sunday evening, on Saturday night, uh, when you love what you do, when you are willing to fail, to learn and go ahead. So I think it's important to have the practice, to experience. And uh, Cameron, I, I want to start from to know more about you. Uh, let us know your story, uh, success, failing, anything uh, that can help our listeners to learn more about you. I was, I was raised as an entrepreneur. I was raised in a family of entrepreneurs. My grandfather uh, was the CEO of a company. My other grandparents were running their own business. My dad ran his own company and, and my brother and sister and I have all been entrepreneurs for the last 15 to 25 years. So it's really the only environment we've ever really known is either running companies or building entrepreneurial companies. So yeah, that was kind of my background. I, I had my first real company when I was 21 years old. I had 12 full-time employees working for me, painting houses. I did that for a few summers while I was in university. Finished university with no debt, uh, bought my first home and started working full-time coaching entrepreneurs. And this was 35 years ago. I started coaching people really before business coaching had even started to become an industry. I had already coached 120 entrepreneurs, built um, three or four companies where I was the second in command for the businesses. I got very well known for building very large scale companies quite rapidly. Uh, the last company that I helped build was called 1-800-GOT-JUNK and I was the second in command of that business. I grew them from 14 employees to 3,100 employees in six and a half years. Wow. Anyway, went from 2 million in revenue to 106 million in revenue in six and a half years. And uh, when I left there, I started having a lot of companies from all over the world ask me to speak to their events, to write books about what I'd done, to develop leadership content and to coach them. So I've written six books now on business. All of them are available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. I have been paid to speak in 28 countries. And uh, I started an organization around seven years ago called the COO Alliance, which is a large network of second in commands from all over the world, typically in the kind of five to $50 million range. Um, you need at least 5 million in revenue just to qualify for that. 
And then I launched a course a few years ago called Invest in Your Leaders, which is my core leadership content that all companies can use to grow their people. And then recently we launched another company called The Opspot, which is an online mastermind community that's only for people that are in operations roles. So that's wow, me. awesome. Oh, awesome experience. Love it, love it. Cameron, I want to start from your books. Um, you know, I love reading books. It's my loving format. I can spend a lot of time to read books and uh, I get a lot more skills than from podcasts than from blog posts, uh, than YouTube videos, because uh, I think, you know, when offers spend um, a lot more time to write one book, uh, for example, like six months a, a year, and it takes time to put all the skills. Uh, that is why I love this format more than any other. Uh, but what I found, if I take any book from, I don't know, Jack London, you know, when I read uh, any book from Jack London, I can live on this book. I can forget about meal, about water, about anything. You know, I can uh, uh, feel all these adventures in my skin. Uh, but if I take business books, most of them are good with sleeping. You know, when you have problems with sleep, you can take a new boring book, you know, to read and sleep well all night. You don't need uh, to pay for medicine pills, you know, just take a boring book, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can sleep well. And um, so I'm so picky. I'm so picky to choose books because I can't read a teeny percent of great books, many great books, and I want to read all of them, but I have no time. I need to handle my business to um, to do my job. Uh, so I'm so picky. Can you give me a strong reason and to my audience to read your books? What kind of value we can get by reading your books? Uh, tell more about your style and how it can help us to find the right way. There's not many business leaders in the world who have been paid to speak to entrepreneurs in 28 countries. And it's that content that I've been paid to speak about that I've put into my books, right? It's also the companies that I've built and then the major companies that I've helped that have either had big exits or have gone on to rank number one in their country to work for. So my content is very strong. And because I've also built three companies that were in the franchising space, I tend to write content in a way that becomes very easy to implement kind of tactical systems that companies can put in place to easily scale. So my books are very, almost like an operations manual. Now I'll give you an example. My, my most recent book is called The Second in Command. And it's all about how to unleash the power of your second in command. So how do you hire a COO? How do you bring them into your organization? How do you build a strong relationship with them? And how do you leverage that second in command to scale your company? So the entire book is broken down with a series of steps and a series of systems that any company can use to actually scale. A lot of business books tend to be operating from more of the 30,000 foot level, and there's a lot of theory, there's a lot of ideas. I drop right down to the front line and I give you the systems to actually put in place to actually scale your company. And I think that's the big difference as to why my books have been so successful and why I've been paid to speak to so many groups. Wow, wow. You convinced me. I'm going to read your books. You know, guys, you can find links to the books in the description below. So I highly recommend uh, because I love practical tips. I love real experience. Um, I'm not sure that theory can help. You can find a bunch of ideas online. You don't need to read books, you know, <laughs> if you want to learn about theory. But practice is 
the most valuable asset. Cameron, uh, you mentioned that you started in <clears throat> uh, entrepreneurial family, and uh, I love uh, read stories about successful people. Uh, many of them um, came to college and dropped, like Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, name them. And uh, um, I learned a few uh, opinions, even more than few, uh, a lot of opinions about college. Uh, and uh, most of them can tell you don't need to go to college because it's obsolete if you want to be a businessman, if you want to uh, start your business. Uh, I think it depends. It depends. If you want to be a lawyer, probably, or a doctor, you need to go to college. If For you sure. want to uh, help in marketing, I cooperate with many marketers, you know, who can create content on TikTok, who can write great posts, blog posts, and I don't care if they have this degree. I can see results, real results, and I want to cooperate with them. So can you tell how to figure out, do we need to take a college? Because I have many students who are looking for ways to learn from scratch to find the right way. Because if you spend like five years in college, I remember when I spoke with Neil Patel, and he told me that that was the worst decision to uh, to take the college because everyone told him you need to take the college, you can't be successful. And uh, he got the feeling he wasted five years, you know, uh, on this time. So totally. let us know your opinion about that. So I think I agree with you 100%. I think that the, the days and time of it being necessary to go to college have passed. And the reason that they've passed is we now have the access to the information with the internet and with laptops and with Wi-Fi that pretty much anyone in the world can access all of that information. But prior to 1998, 1997, the internet didn't exist. We didn't really, or it certainly wasn't ubiquitous. We didn't have the, these, um, the websites that we have today. We didn't have the ability to you know, find the information. We didn't have the ability to have the information indexed for us easily. So when I was in, when I was growing up, right, I'm, I'm older than you are. I actually had to go to university because all of the information was in the library and my network was at university because there was no way to meet other smart people because you didn't know where they were. So there was nothing other than to go to university. So now today, unless you're going to be in a professional line, like lawyer, like doctor, like engineer, like accountant, like, or, you know, a something that, that requires a professional designation, then yes, you probably have to go into that line of work. But I even think a lot of those people can go and apprentice. If you're going to go and get a general degree, like an arts degree, a liberal arts degree, a business degree, I think for most parts, the university education time is really pointless for most people. Because if you're actually self-driven, you're going to be able to access that information and learn that information from YouTube, from podcasts, from books, online, from Wikipedia, in a much, much more compressed amount of time. And then I think the second part is the economic ROI of a university education just isn't there. If you're in a country like Canada where university is fairly cheap, um, it might make some economic sense. But if you're in the United States, as an example, it almost makes no argument for economic sense to go to university. When you think about how much it costs you for tuition, about $25,000 a year, which is five times more expensive than Canada, and then the time that you're not going to be working, and then you kind of add up the time, the opportunity cost of not working, plus the tuition, plus the cost of books, plus the cost of maybe tutoring to get your degree. By the time you finish, you're in debt for $125,000, plus the fact that you didn't work 
during all of that time to be able to save money. You're probably working to pay off your student debt. So really the economic return just isn't there. Wow, wow, valuable. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, uh, I hope it helps a lot uh, to people because they can save like five years. I learn a lot on YouTube, on uh, Google, two places. I don't need anything else. Uh, and I know great entrepreneurs who can watch YouTube videos to get great results. For example, Ferry Kazoni, he told me that uh, he watches YouTube videos and it's enough to get all skills that he has. Uh, he spoke on this conference uh, when Google uh, CEO invited him to speak in ICO, Google conference, and he shared a lot about PR. For example, when I started my PR campaigns, we paid $6,000 for one press release. And, uh, but we needed 12 press releases a week. 12 press releases is like $72,000. It's a lot. So um, I paid in the beginning. Then we started to learn how it works. I wrote a bunch of press releases. I pitched all of them and failed. All the time I failed. You know, we, uh, zero mentions, zero results, nothing. But we learned how it works. Then we hired specialists who can write for Forbes, uh, Business Insider, Big Upside. Uh, we uh, explain them what kind of format we need, uh, that it's important to share uh, about trending topics, about uh, bullet points, and expert opinions. And uh, today we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, Business Insider, Forbes, big websites because of uh, learning how it works by doing and not uh, like to get uh, skills about PR in college or university. So it's possible to do anything uh, online. And uh, I respect people who can uh, film TikTok videos or create content on Instagram. They don't need to get this education on, on college. Just register and create content. Go ahead, figure totally. out how to grow your audience. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned PR. I just dropped in the chat for you and I. You can probably share it with anybody who's listening. But one of the six books I wrote is called Free PR. And it's how to actually generate free public relations for your company. We landed 5,200 individual unique stories in six years. So I've been, been featured in the major actual print magazines, not just online, but I've been in the actual physical magazines of Forbes magazine, Fortune, Inc., Success, Entrepreneur, American Airlines, like multiple magazines, newspapers. We were on Oprah. Um, it's very easy to get press. You know, it's interesting. One of one of the things that I launched is called my Invest in Your Leaders course. And the content that's in that course, I probably spent 100 hours, maybe 150 hours in classrooms over the last 30 years learning all of that content. And now here I'm able to package that online and give that to people at such a, a cheap amount of money versus going to university and spending a year in university trying to learn this stuff. You know, I think there's a good argument for information being available and out there. My 20 year old son last year, when he was 19 years old, decided that instead of actually getting a job for the summer, he would go and work for free at a marketing agency that was really doing an amazing work so that he could actually learn. So he went and worked for a company called GrowRev with Rohit and Rohan, worked for them for an entire year, got to or for an entire four months, got to work with all the different business areas and absorbed way more information than he's ever learned in his entire first two and a half years in university. So yeah, I think you're on the right yeah. path here for people. hundred percent. I think it's a good idea. Um, and uh, uh, for me, it's better to 
you know, if you take college, you need to pay for education. But if you go to work for free, and I did it as well, <laughs> I started to uh, cooperate with the cheapest price ever. And uh, I remember my first client paid me $200 and I spent so much time to uh, create a strategy, to craft content. It's not because of money. I acquired experience today I can charge more and that's okay if you start uh, from small even for free why not yeah but acquire knowledge when you are ready to uh, to provide real value so yeah you can charge more and businesses will hire such specialists who can do it uh, Cameron I want to ask about uh, PR more uh, can you tell how to uh, win this uh, media coverage it's not simple and journalists usually get a lot of requests every single day plus hundred requests probably thousand I don't know but uh, I spoke with a few uh, big publications and some of them stopped accepting uh, new press releases because when ChatGPT appealed uh, many marketers started to generate content to send this uh, like. nothing special generic content and they have no time to check a thousand emails with such requests uh, it, it takes time to recognize it's valuable or not so for them it's better to stop the process uh, so right. tell how to stand out from the rest i mean like in pr well and it's interesting all of the work that i've ever done over the years to generate free public relations and free pr has never involved a press release mm -hmm. so here's what we need to remember is every single media outlet whether it's a podcaster or a, an e-zine or a blogger a magazine newspaper tv show radio show whatever the outlet is they make money from one way and one way only and that's advertising and the only way that they make money from advertising is if they have really good content so that people show up to listen or to watch or to read their content. And without really good content, without really good stories, no one shows up so they don't have enough traffic and they can't actually then get any advertisers. That's number one. Number two is media outlets cannot afford to go out and find a good story. They can't afford to have the investigative journalists out there trying to dig up and find a news story. So what happens is they end up taking the stories that land in their lap. Now, every morning, first thing in the morning, every journalist wakes up and thinks, what the hell am I going to write about today? You know, every podcaster wakes up and thinks, who am I going to interview this week? Every blogger, what am I going to write about today? Every TV show, what can we cover today? And then every news desk, Every editor sits down with 400 press releases, 400 news wires, 400 emails, and they say, no, 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 maybe, no, 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 maybe, no, no, no. Why would you want to send anything to a person who's saying no 400 times? So what I do is I literally pick up the phone and I phone the journalist or I phone the podcaster or I phone the TV producer and I say, Hey, do you have two minutes? I think I have a good story for you. And they all say, who is this? And I go, it's Cameron Harold. I think I have a good story for you. Have you got a couple minutes? And they all say yes. Because how often does your phone ring every day? Now, if, it, if they don't answer the phone, I leave a voicemail message and I say, hey, it's Cameron Harold calling. I think I've got a good story for you. Give me a shout back. Here's my phone number. That's it. That engagement that happens over the phone I give them the story headline, 
And the story headline might be um, how every company can hire a second in command and truly unleash the power of a COO. And then the bullet points are where to find one, how to bring them into your company, how to build a relationship with them and how to you know, really build a true yin and yang partnership. And they go, wait, what's this all about? And, and then I have to kind of pitch the story. The, the next thing to remember is you have to understand the media outlet that you're talking to and who their audience is. So anyway, I think people should, if they're interested in PR, they should read the book. Um, it's only a tiny little sliver of what I focus on, um, but it, there's all, it's all in there. I, I gave you literally the step-by-step -step instructions on how to generate free PR. Wow, I, I'm going to do it. I, I know it's important. Uh, yeah, and uh, today when we uh, started to do PR, uh, in our company and we save like three uh, million dollars a year you know to handle the process but we need to improve we need to get more results and uh, some niches work well like trading investing but uh, some niches don't work well we, we need to figure out like online games uh, marketing we, we can't get success so <laughs> we have a room where we need to improve uh, Cameron I want to ask about uh, failing um i see when business owners founders give up and uh, i read a bunch of stories when people uh, didn't give up for 14 years uh, for a long time you know uh, they keep going and have this patience uh, i know it's tough to start from the beginning uh, when you can't get results <clears throat> for a long time but you need to be patient to go ahead to think how to provide something better than competitors have it's only one reason why you can, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I believe that that failure can be avoided by getting good mm -hmm. mentors, by, you know, I have a group mastermind program, by reading great books, by learning from others who have already done what you're about to do. The reality is, for the most part, R&D should stand for rip off and duplicate. Go find really good companies out there and just do what they're doing right? Don't copy word for word what's on people's websites, but take formats. Don't copy what's on people's products, but take ideas. You know, the, the reality is most businesses could do so much better if they wouldn't try to build everything from the start on their own, if they would take bits and pieces of what everybody else is doing. And I think that also includes the advice and the mentoring and the coaching that's available for people. Because the reality is, if you're going to spend five years waiting to get to be successful, you could actually get some mentoring that would help you be successful in a year and a half. And then you've saved that three and a half year gap. So it's about investing in yourself, investing in your people. It's why my course is called Invest in Your Leaders. Um, and then going out and looking for the cheat sheets, looking for the tools or the systems that already exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good tip. Uh... But anyway, I think uh, some mistakes we can avoid, some mistakes we need to do to learn from them. It's not like failing, it's more like to get experience. Uh, it's a part of education. And uh, uh, Cameron, I, I want to ask about focus. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned that you handle a few companies. You started few, uh, many companies. And uh, I know it's important to focus from me it, it's tough. It's really tough when you need to do a hundred uh, things a day. I usually prioritize. I choose priorities. I can't do many things. And when I focus in one specific direction, I can become the best 
or one of the best, I can achieve more results. And um, I tried many times to handle a few projects, but it's really tough. And uh, I think the best way you can find great managers who can do it instead of you. Tell your experience how to handle a few businesses. <laughs> the first one is that your business has to have a clear, vivid vision, a very clear description of what your company looks like, acts like, and feels like in the future. And I'll give you an example of one. I'll drop a, an example of the vivid vision for my company into the chat. This is a five page description of what my company looks like, acts like, and feels like in the future. So now all my suppliers, all my partners, all my employees, my lawyer, my accountant, everybody can see what I can see. Everyone is very clear on what they're building. That's the starting point. The second thing is about working on the critical few things instead of the important many things. You know, so many entrepreneurs tend to get, they're busy and they're working hard and they're busy and they're working hard, but are you working on the critical few things that need to get done? Have you decided what those critical few things are and are you pushing on those flywheels so the flywheel gives you more momentum? You know, there's a lot of information out there that can be very distracting. It's one of the reasons why I believe that reading books and listening to podcasts, while it's good, it can also be potentially very dangerous because it can give you a lot of random information. What you should be doing is reading books and listening to podcasts about the content or the projects that you're working on today. You know, so if you're hiring three people this month, you should be reading stuff and, and devouring content about hiring and interviewing and onboarding of people. If you've got a board meeting coming up in a month, you should be reading and learning about having better board meetings. So it's all about applying your focus, applying your learning, applying your, your effort in a very focused way on the critical few things. I think that's important for people. And then lastly, it's really around empowering and growing your people. One by one, as you bring people into your company, it's about growing their skills and growing their confidence so that they can do more and so that you can delegate everything off your plate except genius. The only stuff that you should be working on as an entrepreneur is the stuff that really gives you energy and the stuff you're really good at, and you should be delegating everything else. And if you delegate everything else quickly, if you can't delegate it, then grow that person's skills. But if you can delegate it, then you've saved all that time. Wow, nice. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, uh, let me share a short story from my personal experience. Once we worked yeah. in a big project, uh, good money, big project. And um, I was so busy to check if everything was fine in my company. Basically, I ignored. Uh, many things and toxic environment appealed uh, a few good um, players on my team left the company so i started to research what's going on and i got a toxic environment appealed so uh, we changed approaches i got it no uh, it doesn't matter what kind of project i have i need to uh, bring in positive environment to handle the process we are adults but anyway it happens so can you tell how you encourage people in your team managers employees uh, to uh, it's not only about uh, to i don't know to bring value to the customers it's more <clears throat> to have this positive environment so can you tell how how you manage this process <laughs> Yeah, I think the first one is just making sure that you only bring good people into your company that are aligned with your core values, only bringing good people into your company that are aligned and excited to make your vivid vision happen. And then one by one, recruiting people that have deep domain expertise on what they're doing, even if it's fractional people, 
right? It's looking for really good fractional and full-time people who are really good at the stuff you need them to do and they live the core values you have and they're aligned with the, with the vision you've got. And then if you can get them excited about your core purpose and excited about your BHAG, all of a sudden you're driving forward. What I've always focused on as a company is how do I keep my employees really happy? And I've always believed that if my employees are really happy, then my people will take care of my customers. But if I'm always focusing on keeping my customers happy, I tend to burn out my employees and frustrate my employees. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it makes sense. <laughs> of course, 100%. I think it's yeah. important to make both happy employees and uh, customers. <laughs> and uh, Well, and if you focus I, I on keeping your employees, if you focus on keeping your employees really happy, they will take care of your customers. But as soon as we focus on keeping our customers happy, our employees feel like they come second. So that's how I always get that alignment and more productivity is just by obsessing about really high employee net promoter score. Wow, wow, love it, love it. Uh, uh, I want to ask about one aspect that it's tough to ignore today, simple yesterday, impossible tomorrow about AI. And I spoke with a bunch of AI experts. Uh, um, about the future, what kind of future will be? It's not like Terminators will kill all human beings, but who knows <laughs> what happened. But uh, anyway, uh, when I spoke with um, Jeff Coyle, co-founder of Market News, he told me that in the future we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI, the second company implement AI, and the third company will be obsolete. Who can leave the trade? Uh, I check uh, data. And what we can see today uh, that 5% uh, of content creators, marketers lost their jobs when ChatGPT appealed. Uh, I, I'm not sure that ChatGPT can replace people. I think uh, someone who adapted to ChatGPT or other AI tools can replace someone who ignored this tool. And I think it's important to think how AI can help. I play a lot with AI. I speak with ChatGPT more often than with my wife. Uh, we got great results. I edit text on ChatGPT. For example, I can write a bad copy, ask ChatGPT, please edit. And we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg. I think if CNN can accept your uh, text, it means it's quality. You, you can't cheat CNN. You can cheat other big publications. Um, and uh, we uh, grow our results a lot when ChatGPT appeals. I used AI before, but today we use a lot more. Uh, can you tell your opinion about AI and how to uh, adapt AI to today or uh, how you uh, use AI in your companies? Sure. So I'm going to drop a link into the chat here and it's called There's an AI for that. And it's a, a dashboard that shows how many different AI tools that exist today. And there's over 11,000 different AI yeah. tools that exist that can do about 15,000 different things. And everybody's talking about ChatGPT. That's only one tool of the 11,000 other tools that exist. So I, I agree with you that I don't think that something like AI is going to put people out of work unless they decide that they're not going to use AI. Very similar, by the way, to if a person said, I'm not going to use a computer, well, you're pretty much out of work. Or I'm not going to use a, a digital phone, well, you're pretty much out of work. You know, if, if you're not going to embrace technology in the internet, you're pretty much out of work. So AI tools are going to be there for people. I think that the smart companies are going to let their employees play with AI for one to two hours a week minimum. 
and then have them report back on a Monday with the one or two new cool things that they're able to use AI to do in their job. And I think the companies that empower people and allow their people to play with these technologies and allow them to figure out how to, how to use them in their work, those companies are gonna grow very quickly and those employees are gonna grow very quickly. So the only employees that are at risk of losing their job to AI are the employees that don't embrace AI and, and, and try to leverage it. You know, in fact, our speaker for our COO Alliance event this week is a, an expert in the AI space. We had him speak um, to a group of 350 entrepreneurs last month. He's coming in to speak at our CEO Alliance event this week. And I, it's the second time that we've had somebody come into the CEO Alliance to speak on AI. And I think it's a really powerful um, thing that we need to do as, as leaders is really keep giving people exposure because we can't have the conversation be only about one tool when there's 11,000 other tools that exist, you know, like Be Human and Descript and Midjourney and Dolly. And there's all kinds of amazing, you know, 11, there's all kinds of incredible tools that can do all these different things that ChatGPT can't do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love um, uh, checking your tools, review them, analyze. Uh, we don't need to use 11,000 tools, but you can find a few tools that will help you lead in the right direction. <laughs> and right. I want to quote another Cameron, but James Cameron, and he filmed this video of Terminator in 1984, 40 years ago, and journalists asked him what he thinks about AI. He told, uh, you know, I told you about AI, it's dangerous. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, today, we, I think uh, we need to cooperate with AI today. In the future, when we will fight with Terminators, yeah, we don't need to, co to have this cooperation. But uh, if you ignore today, it's tough. It's tough to compete with others. But in the future, we will see. I don't know how, how the world will look like. Anyway, uh, Cameron, um, I want to ask about your experience. Uh, I have only two questions left, uh, but anyone who can follow you on social media can learn a lot more to read your books. I will submit all links that you mentioned uh, on this podcast episode. Uh, you can find a lot of information about uh, Cameron books. I recommend to anyone to read these books. I'm going to read them. It's very important for me to, uh, to find another way to improve what I have. But I have questions about your experience. Um, I have students in my network. Who are looking for ways how to learn from scratch i have founders who want to learn the basic uh, to cooperate with great consultants experts who can help them to grow businesses uh, so i want to ask you if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills it's your first day but you want to become successful businessman to start many companies what will you do today considering that we have ai youtube google a lot of resources that technologies uh what will you do if you do everything from scratch today if i was going to be starting today from scratch i would i would try to learn the content from my course the invest in your leaders course because it gives me the platform skills to grow a business and to grow people it's stuff around coaching and delegation and time management project management you know interviewing hiring running meetings it's the core executive functioning skills so i would learn that content very quickly I would immerse myself into a community. You know, if I was in an operations kind of role, I would join a, an organization like the OpSpot. If I was an entrepreneur, I would join an, op, an organization like the Genius Network. If I was a second, you know, so I would plug myself into a mastermind community to learn from others. I would learn the skill of saying no more often than saying yes. So I would, I would try to focus on the critical few things versus the important many. 
And then, yeah, I would, I would absolutely be playing with AI probably an hour a day with different tools. And I would try to find as many AI tools as the different software tools that I use to run my business, right? So if I have, you know, Google and uh, Chrome and, you know, Apple mail client and an email client and a calendar and Zoom and Stripe and I might have 15 different software tools that I use. I should have at least 15 different AI tools that I use as well. So I would be looking for those AI tools to automate and optimize. And then lastly, I would really learn how to delegate and find freelancers who are offshore and overseas and in different parts of the world, because you don't need to hire full-time people when you can hire fractional people that are deep domain experts. Wow, wow, volleyball, volleyball. And my final question about the future. Uh, Tell you, take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be in your vision and how we can adapt to this possible future. I'll, I'll give you a twist on that. Every single person who's listening or watching right now, your future is you're going to die. I'm 100% certain that all of us <laughs> are going to die. Yeah. And what that means is that none of this actually matters. So what we need to remember is while we're building our business to have fun, enjoy the journey, spend time with our friends and our family and our coworkers and, and enjoy the journey and have a good time along the journey. And don't think that it's all about business because at the end of the day, we only at one life, we got to have fun, have fun living it at the same time as building. Cause this is what only what we do to make money. Wow. The best answer ever. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Nobody replied like this. And yeah, uh, of course, 100%. And for me, it's more important to enjoy the process than to get rewards. You can get rewards, uh, feel good, if you, if you, I don't know, like a few days. But if you enjoy the process, you can get this happiness every single day. So um, it's important to find the job that you like, that you love. And uh, it's only one reason how you can uh, out, out compete others, you know, to find, uh, to spend more time. And I can sacrifice watching TV, many other activities because I love it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love my day. I love, uh, and uh, uh, anyway, I, I still have one question about your schedule routine because uh, I know people will ask me why I didn't ask this question. I mean, like uh, how you uh, schedule? all uh, events, uh, your daily routine, uh, how your morning looks, uh, evening, anything about that? I put, I put everything that matters to me for my personal life in my calendar first. So time with mm -hmm. my kids, time with my wife, time for fitness, time for travel, time to decompress. I put that in my calendar first. I do not work nights and I don't work weekends. So I really actually forced myself to work in a compressed amount of time because I realized that I'm never going to catch up. So I try to put the other fun stuff into my calendar and work around that. Um, that's the big things that I just do is I really focus on priority management. In fact, one of the 12 modules in my Invest in Your Leaders course is my project management and time management methodologies. I teach people how to actually do that. Wow, awesome. I'm going to take it. Guys, I recommend to anyone to take it, you know, to learning because yeah, it's important to enjoy. It's not like how mu much money you can get. I don't care. Of course, it's good to have them, but uh, well, here, I'll, give, to enjoy I'll give you, there's, well. a, there's a promo code that you can give all everyone who's listening or watching it. It's good until the end of the month, but it's Cameron 
Oh, it's Cameron H10. So it's C, sorry, I wrote that wrong. C A M E R O N. I can't see. Cameron it's H10. It's the promo code to your course, yeah? Yeah. Okay. There it is. C A M E R O N H 10. Yeah. That'll give you 10% off my course for anybody who's listening. And it expires at the end of the month, but it's. Okay, guys, I submit this promo code in the description below. You can find this code. Uh, Cameron, it's a big pleasure. And don't, don't share code. that. Please don't share that code. But if you're watching or you're listening, uh, you can use that code for sure. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, much appreciated for your time, for all these valuable bombs. You know how to bring this value. You're so kind on that. Uh, thanks a lot. Guys, you can find all the links that we mentioned on this podcast episode. You can find this code in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.